I mentioned yesterday that I'd go into detail on Todd Golden's analytic-based mindset today, and then I tweeted that it would be two segments, and then I kept going further into it, and it just became the whole entire show. I'm excited, ladies and gentlemen, meet your new Florida Gators men's basketball coach, Todd Golden, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. This episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharps, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. Happy Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work with Whole9Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E. And I any sports. And before getting started, I'm just gonna hit my usual now: like, comment, subscribe. Let me know, re- review. I don't care. Just let me know what you think of the show. Let me know how we can make it better. We're gonna spend the whole show today talking about Todd Golden, the new hire for the Florida Gators men's basketball team. And I, I took a look into a little speech that he did with Huddle uh, Swish tw- in 2021, where it was called Winning in the Margins, because Todd Golden wants to focus on finding incremental advantages for your program to give you the best chance at success. So I took a look at that speech, took some notes, had some takeaways, and I also compared it to how Florida performed this past season to see the differences between what he wants and what Florida was at this year. So first off, we're going to take a look at some in-game analytics-based decision-making. And there are three primary points here. There's shot selection, there's two-for-one opportunities, and there's when a player has two fouls in the first half. First off, with shot selection, not all threes are good, and not all mid-range shots are bad. We know that generally analytics are less mid-range, more threes, but, you know, quality of shot matters. You got to find out the players who can consistently make open mid-range shots and figure out how to get them in that situation. You look at Michael Jordan's NBA compared to today's NBA, mid-range shots are down significantly. Baseline mid-range jumpers are almost completely removed because they do not take or they do not make 50% of those shots. And if there's a chance to get fouled on it, it's more efficient and you very rarely get fouled on mid-range baseline jumpers. So that is why NBA teams stopped shooting them. So that is why they're not efficient shots, so they got rid of them. Close twos and catch-and-shoot threes are the most efficient shots in the game. Close twos count as post shots as long as you're going at the rim and driving layups or dunks or just if you're not even posted up, you just get um, offensive rebound, put it back up. Stuff like that were close shots at the rim and catch and shoot threes are the most efficient shots around. Florida this season shot 32.1% of their shots at the rim, 22% of their shots from mid-range, and 45.8% of their shots from three. Those numbers show that Florida shot a good percentage of their shots from three. That that is something where uh, I believe in 2019 and 2020, San Francisco under Todd Golden shot 47% of their shots from three, and he thought that was a phenomenal number. That was the highest percentage in college basketball. So 45.8 puts them in that range, a very good shot. But 
you want to probably cut out some of those mid-range jumpers. 22% a bit high for such an inefficient shot and change them to shots at the rim or more catch-and-shoot threes. Florida shot 38% from mid-range, 22% of their shots. Of course, 38% of those 22 went in with zero players this year shooting above 50% from that mid-range area. So they were inefficient shots from inefficient shooters. So you've got to cut those out under Todd Golden. 77.3% of Florida's made threes were assisted on, which means that Florida did do a good job of getting catch and shoot threes up. So Florida was fine there. It was more inside that three-point arc where things really got murky for the Florida Gators. And I mean, really, we would have, especially with someone like Colin Castleton, would have hoped that there'd be a higher percentage of shots at the or at the rim. Again, two-for-one opportunities. That's important in college basketball, specifically with the one-for-one bonus. And it's not just about right before the half. It's also before media timeouts, and we'll get to an example in a second. But the average end-of-half possession is where this is going to be confusing. It's going to be forever. But the average end-of-half possession is worth 0.8 points per possession. So if the other team gets that final possession, then they win that battle 0.8 to 0. So if you foul a 60% free throw shooter, 40% of the time, they're going to make zero points. 60% of the time, they're going to get one point, And 36% of the time, they get two points. So if it does give your team 0.8 points, so you lose that last stretch, 0.96 to 0.8 as opposed to 0.8 to zero. So it's a confusing way to look at it, but... It goes down to that. You lose, Would you rather lose by 0.16 or 0.8? And that's really what it comes down to with Todd Golden's approach to the two-for-one opportunities. Todd Golden even spoke about last season, March Madness, Florida lost to Oral Roberts. And he showed a clip of Oral Roberts making a great analytics-based decision involving that two-for-one opportunity because Florida was in the one-and-one one bonus. And so Oral Roberts fouled Osai Osifo, who is a 60% free-throw shooter on the season. So they fouled him before the media timeout, the three-minute media timeout, and they fouled, um, they fouled Osai Osifo. He missed the free throw, and then Oral Roberts got to control the possession at that point. So Florida did not benefit at all from that foul, and of course Oral Roberts ended up winning the game by three. And the reason that Oral Roberts fouled there was because Mike White is so good with his play calls coming out of timeouts that they wanted to not give him that opportunity to have the ball at the timeout. So they fouled. No points for Osai Yosifo or the Florida Gators. And then Oral Roberts had control of the ball going into that three-minute media timeout. Next up is two-foul participation is what Todd Golden calls it, which is when a player has two fouls in the first half to see what exactly you should do there. Because how comfortable are you playing guys that have two fouls in the first half? He thinks it's old school or outdated to, he called it auto-benching. Someone where you just instantly pull someone because they have two fouls in the first half. Because when you look at it, you have to know your players, know their foul tendencies, their fatigue levels, and your opponent. For example, let's say Colin Castleton fouls, let's say Florida's playing Arkansas. Colin Castleton has two fouls in the first quarter. And he's a foul-happy player. He fouls a lot. Whatever, he doesn't really. But let's say for this argument, he fouls a lot. And then the other team just starts forcing the ball to Jalen Williams in the paint at Colin Castleton to get him to foul again. Then, yes, it makes sense to take him out. But if there were two fluky fouls in the first few minutes, are you really going to auto-bench your starting center for 15 minutes? Because you have to maximize minutes with your best player. Points matter the same throughout the entire game, whether you get them now or later. But sitting a star player 
could leave you needing to come back and needing to fight back into the game. So you can't sit someone for the entirety or the majority of the half. It's better, and he even used a quote of, it's better to, cl- to come too close to the line or even cross the line than to finish a game where you auto-benched your best player for two fouls, and then he only finishes the game with three fouls, and it's like, well, wouldn't you love to have those eight minutes that he sat in the first half back because it would carry throughout the rest of the game and you'd be able to have more time with your best player on the court. So it, it was pretty confusing. It's a brand new uh, approach to Florida Gators basketball. It is very different. And I'm going to take more of a look at how different it was from what Todd Golden wants to what Florida did this past year in the next segment. But first I'm going to talk to you guys about stat hero. Does anybody else participate in March madness and it gets your bracket gets busted every year? Cause uh, I didn't make it through the first weekend before my champion lost or before the number two team that I had, Auburn, lost. So that was really fun. I used to crush those things. And yeah, now I suck. Stat Heroes, NCAA single game, Pickums, Pitts, star players against each other in a hybrid of fantasy and sports gambling. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery of who or what you're going against. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D, no space, O-N, for a 100% deposit match and terms and conditions may apply. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We're going to take a look at Todd Golden's analytics-based approach again, and we're going to look at program development for this segment and the next segment because this is a lot to take in. Um, right now, Todd Golden wants to focus on how can you use analytics within your program to raise the bar, and that's an important thing. And we're going to spend this whole segment talking about Dean Oliver's four factors of winning. They're the building blocks in the efficiency formula is what they're called. And the four factors will tell you why your team or why a team is good or bad when they have or don't have the ball. And it, it gets very confusing here, but uh, these, are, these are the four most important things. This is the money ball approach. You know, money ball, baseball, you look at your on-base percentage, things like that. And here we're looking at a few different numbers where if your team is good at this as a unit, then your team will likely be good. Effective field goal percentage is an important part here because effective field goal percentage is not just your field goals attempted versus your field goals made. It's weighted to help your three-pointers and three-pointers weigh more towards the percentage because obviously we have numbers here, even specific numbers here, where if you shoot 14 for 40 from two, that is a 35% shooting day from two. If you shoot seven for 16 from three, that is a 43.8% shooting day from three. If you shoot 21 for 56 total, so you just add those numbers, that is 37.5% from the field. But if you look at the effective field goal percentage, you are 24.5 for 56 shooting. So that is 43.8% for the day, which Florida this season was 49.6% with their effective field goal percentage. So overall, it was a strong season as far as effective field goal percentage goes for the Florida Gators. So that is very good with us that we we hit the Todd Golden threshold there. Um, spoiler alert, that that's like the only spot here that we're going to talk about where Florida hits that threshold. The next spot we're going to look at is turnover percentage, which is your turnovers divided by total offensive possessions. 
like for example, if you have 13 turnovers, but you only have 64 possessions in a game, that's a turnover percentage of 20.3%, which is obviously different if you have 13 turnovers, but you had 85 possessions, then your turnover percentage was much, was much lower and much better. At college, at the college level, you want to be about 16% with a turn, your, you want your turnover percentage to be about 16% at the absolute worst. Florida struggled mightily this whole season with turnovers, whether it was Tyree Appleby, Myron Jones, Flan Fleming, whoever it might have been. Florida was very bad at taking care of the basketball this year, and that's something that we discussed throughout the entire season of just the horrible inefficiency there, and it's amazing that we're talking about efficiency now with an analytics-based head coach, and efficiency is king here. Efficiency is key, king, whatever you want to call it. Efficiency is what will win you the game, and that's what we're looking at here. Turnover percentage for Florida this season was 18.9%, which is 2.9% than what Todd Golden said is what you would want at worst in the college level. And so Florida was obviously well worse than that. 2.9% is bad. And Florida did have about 64 possessions per game. So yes, it was, uh, it was, it was a little, I believe it was 65.4 to be exact. And then Florida had a 12.9% turnover, uh, had 12.9 turnovers per game, if I'm not mistaken. Looking at the offensive rebound percentage is another important thing where this is something where I thought Florida would have done well at. Like, I, I thought Florida would have been good here because Colin Castleton is a good rebounder. Anthony DeRuji is a very good hustle player, and hustle players tend to be very good on the offensive boards. But when you look at offensive rebound percentage, that is your offensive rebounds divided by offensive rebounding opportunities. Todd Golden says that you want to have your offensive rebound percentage at 30% or higher. He also says below 25% is very bad. If you're at the 25 to 30% range, then you're nothing more than average. Uh, that, that is what you're at. So you can find this for your opponent in a game and figure out how good your defensive rebounding is. And it is your field goal misses by your, uh, or and field goal misses plus uh, free throw misses, and then you see your offensive rebounds that you have per game divided by those misses. Florida's offensive rebound percentage this season was 29%, which is just below that what you want range. So Florida is average on the offensive boards, which, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's not ideal. I know that Florida had injuries with Colin Castleton, Jason Jatobo, and, and things like that, but it, it, it's less ideal than you'd want, especially when you consider that Florida had Colin Castleton, who was thought to be one of the best big men in basketball, I still believe he is one of the best big men in college basketball. But when it came down to being in poor position because he was at the high post instead of the low post, which I blame Mike White for, things like that, um, it, it, it's less than ideal for Florida, but it's going to improve, obviously, because that's going to be something that we really stress. And Niles Lane is a very good offensive rebounder because he is that hustle type. So he will get those offensive rebounds and get that percentage up next season when he's playing significantly more. And Jason Jatobo will be playing more, assuming he's back. Jason Jatobo will be playing more and getting that percentage up all even further. And the final thing to look at is free throw rate. It is your free throws attempted divided by field goals attempted. You want to be in the 35 to 40% range in college, according to Todd Golden. You want to keep your opponents below that number. The Florida Gators were below that number because their free throw rate was 33.8%. So again, that is your free throws attempted divided by field goals attempted. And this is where Florida sort of missed the mark in every possible way that you can look at it when in terms of 
being an efficient basketball team. And I think that's part of why Todd Golden got hired because Florida was clearly inefficient in a lot of areas. And you can kind of look at how Scott Strickland is adding his guys with Billy Napier. He added someone who's meticulous and pays attention to detail a ton and is focused on being efficient and effective. And then basketball, a quick hire again to get Todd Golden, who is thought of as this, this, this wonderkin and this just, I mean, a nerd, but he's thought of as a nerd because he's so analytics-based, but it's a proven record where analytics and efficiency will lead you to the promised land. So that is what Todd Golden is working towards when he's developing his team or building his team to make them even better and more efficient. So that's what we're looking at here with Billy Napier getting hired, being meticulous and paying attention to detail, and Todd Golden being hired and being meticulous and paying attention to detail to the the, the smallest things which we'll talk about in the next segment. But first, we're talking about bet online because I don't know about you guys, I had a uh, a solid weekend. I told you guys, you know, I had Isaiah Stewart made me money, Kate Cunningham made me money. Fun stuff for me this weekend. Um, Florida, Florida versus Xavier did not make me money. Florida versus UCF did not make me money, and that sucks. But for the most part, we're in the green. BetOnline.net even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Y'all know that's how I do it right here. Always betonline.net is where the game starts, and it's where you're going to want to go after the game to see just how much money you made because it's going to be a lot. Just going to let you know that. To wrap up today's show, we are talking about Todd Golden's analytics-based approach, again, with the Huddle Swish 2021 speech that he gave or this presentation that he gave. And data collection was an important part of this because it's lineup data and information. You're breaking down how players perform when in the lineup together, right? Whether you're looking at just a duo, a trio, a quad, everybody, the whole lineup at once, you're, you're looking at things, but you, and plus minus is an important part here, but Todd Golden also stressed that you can't look at the plus minus over the stretch of two games. You need to take four or five games to even start getting a feel for the plus minus as that of that group together. And he even does this in practice. He had 16 players on his roster. So he said that he would work with different lineups and see how things went. And that was important for him to be able to figure out which players to get on the court. And obviously he took San Francisco in a tough division or a tough conference to the NCAA tournament. Like he, it's obviously working on a small scale. And now he's just going to work on a larger program. He also takes a look at how you perform in different defenses in terms of, you know, whether you're playing a 3-2, a 2-3, man-to-man, whatever it is, how you go with defensive rotations, how many errors there are, mental mistakes and miscommunications there are. It's stuff where it's meticulous because you have to watch the film repeatedly to see what happened. But if you do that, then it will pay off for you. And also, how are you doing in terms of deflections, charges, which Jalen Williams would be a stud in, 50-50 loose balls and things like that where how can you be better? You know, if you lose three loose ball attempts um, or three 50-50 balls, whatever you want to call them, and the other team gains possession, that, that could be a swing of five to eight points. That could change a lot. So you really want to take advantage of those and get better where you can with those. And we look at hustle stats like that. And... I mean, Todd Golden also went in-depth about what he does in practice, which we'll see a lot with the Florida Gators, I'm sure, where he films, watches, and adds stats to every 5-on-5 possession that you play in practice 
And in the games, there are 40 stats for each player on each possession, categorized into scoring, rebounding, ball handling, hustle, and defense. He didn't go in-depth on all of these, but he did go a little in-depth on ball handling, which is something that Florida struggled with mightily this year. So it's going to be nice to see someone put a little more emphasis on that and improved emphasis on that. So, for example, we look at ball handling. For ball handling, they track assists, virtual assists, and passes to fouls. Because specifically when you look at just a box score, for ball handling, there's only two stats that show up for a box score. It is assists and turnovers. But that's obviously not telling the whole story because that doesn't acknowledge when you pass it to a wide open player and they miss a three. Or when you pass it to a player and they miss a wide open three. Or when you pass it to a player and they drive foul. That's not tracked in the box score. And also, you know, if... Again, if you miss the wide open three, obviously that's less efficient for them. But that's one of those things where analytics seems to be a little aggressive in terms of saying, well, the the thought was there. The process was there. We're going to be process-based, not not result-based. If, you know, if someone's missing threes, then they're, gonna t- then they're not going to be on the court as much. But you don't, you're not going to fault this, the process of saying, oh, well, we can't shoot threes because this guy's missing. No, you're going to say, well, guess what? That that point guard or whoever passed the ball made the right decision. So that's a that's an overall positive for that passer. It's a negative for the shooter, but it's a positive for the passer. It's similar to when you look at football. If the ball hits a receiver's hands and gets intercepted, the box score shows you that yes, that is their fault and that was their inter- that was the quarterback's interception. But if you take a further look and you peel that cover back a little bit, you'll see it was not the quarterback's fault if it hit the receiver's hands and then got deflected. That's on the receiver. So here, that's on the receiver or the shooter that they missed that shot. That, But the passer made the right decision. So that's important to look at. And also, obviously, if you pass the ball to Colin Castle and he gets fouled, you should get a little bit of a, a boost for that. Like, you should get an attaboy for that. That's a positive play made by the passer to get the ball to the player who got fouled and drew the foul. You look at shooting, um, specifically in terms of coaching, it helps to be able to put into words that, hey, you look at, I don't care, Tyree Appleby, whatever. You look at Tyree Appleby and you go, hey, you're shooting 60% on catch and shoot threes, but you're shooting 35% from mid-range. So we want you to shoot less mid-rangers and we want you to be able and open for more catch and shoot threes because you care about shot quality more than anything else and efficiency. Again, efficiency, efficiency, efficiency is going to be what you hear incessantly when people talk about Todd Golden because, yes, he's very much just like, hey, you shoot better when you shoot catch and shoot threes, so we're going to get you more catch and shoot threes opportunity because shot quality means everything. Good spacing is an important part here. That's going to be big for Todd Golden's Florida Gators, so expect to see more four out, one in. Expect to see more five out from the Florida Gators next season, and hopefully it'll work out. Uh, the personnel right now is a little iffy on things, but it's important to talk about having that opportunity of good spacing is going to be a focal point. High frequency of threes, which I spoke about in the first segment, where Todd Golden uh, on their, with San Francisco under Todd Golden in 2019, 2020, uh, shot or 2020-2021, shot 47% of their shots were threes, and that's important for him because hey, more threes, more points. Three is more than two after all. And allowing few open threes, which his team also did very well with San Francisco. So that's going to be big because if the other team can't get threes, and you are scoring those threes. Obviously, over time, you are going to take advantage there as long as you're shooting 
not poorly from three. Allowing easy shots in the paint is obviously bad, which Florida did a good job at. You know, Florida blocked about 15% of shots at the rim um, this past season. Obviously, a lot of that was due to Colin Castellan's elite rim protection, but allowing easy shots in the paint is bad, and that's what San Francisco has struggled with. But now, of course, Florida will have better big men. I think that's one thing Mike White did well was bring big men to the program and allow those fours and fives to kind of get on the court and get developed and, and kind of build themselves there. So I think that's one thing Mike White did very well. I think guard play was what killed him a lot, but it looks like Todd Golden will be able to bring in guards. It looks like Todd Golden will be able to bring in more big men and get them to Florida. Not getting to the line is bad. Um, you know, like, like I said, Florida's free throw rate was lower than ideal. So we would like to see that happen. But again, that's something where if you have a guard that can get into the paint, they can get to the line more. And when you have five out in good spacing, that helps you a ton. So you got to, and what Todd Golden does also is he keeps track of eight to 10 shooting drills one to two times per week, which involves stationary and on the move twos and threes to track who to trust in which situation. Because like I said, not all threes are good. Not all mid-range jumpers are bad. You have to figure out your players that are capable of shooting those mid-range jumpers because the mid-range jumper is in itself a pretty inefficient shot. So you have to have an, a player that is capable of efficiently executing those. So that's going to be something where Todd Golden seems like he just wants to find out which players can do what and how to get them in that situation. So that's going to be an important part. And then when you look at recruiting, in recruits, Todd Golden tends to focus on the plus minus when they're on the court, the rebounding rate for big men, uh, the shot efficiency from two and three, which I mean, Todd Golden went in depth about when he was at Auburn that, uh, and Anthony McLemore, um, sorry, slipped my head for a second, but Anthony McLemore was a player there. Bruce Pearl didn't really want to bring to Auburn, but Todd Golden fought for it. He said the analytics show that he's going to be good for us. And, Anthony McLemore played a key role in that final four run that Auburn had. So obviously that, that that shows that it's not always going to work, but if the thought is there, if the logic is there, then it's going to be something that Todd Golden will pursue as the head coach of the Florida Gators. So Florida is going to be much more detail oriented. They're going, and that's clearly the trend with Florida right now, which is great for us. So detail oriented analytics based and Florida, Florida is trying to get ahead of the curve right now. That, that's what it seems like because a lot of programs, football and basketball, are still trying to figure out analytics. So Florida's just bringing in guys that are already, with Todd Golden specifically, already well ahead of the rest of college basketball in terms of analytics, and he's going to be able to build the program to his liking, which is going to be big for Florida Gators' success long-term. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are uh, we are available every day wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more about your Florida Gators. Now make your second listen Lockdown NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bringing the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work with Whole Line Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E. And I need sports and I will see you all.